podcast. We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. Well, I'm going to start this talk uh, with a reading from the book of Mark. And Mark is one of the four gospels written in the New Testament. It's a story of Jesus. And um, we've been doing this as a series, and this is the final week of it. So I'm just going to read through chapter 16 in Mark. If you've got a Bible, you can grab one and read it along with me. Uh, The words will be on the screen as well, if you've got good eyesight, and you can track on that screen. So here we go, everybody. We're jumping into Mark 16. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but their angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Look, this is where his body lay. Now go and tell the disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you before he died. The women fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered. And they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. After Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he'd cast out seven demons. She went to the disciples who were grieving and weeping and told them what had happened. But when she told them that Jesus was alive and she'd seen him, they didn't believe her. Afterwards, he appeared in a different form to two of his followers who were walking from Jerusalem into the country. They rushed back to tell the others, but no one believed them. Still later, he appeared to the 11 disciples and they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they'd refused to believe those who had seen him after he'd been raised from the dead. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in a new language. They'll be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick, and they'll be healed. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them confirming what they'd said by many miraculous signs. Wow. An incredible end to an incredible book, an incredible narrative through this book of Mark as we've learned about Jesus. We've been asking this question, how can we live the way of Jesus in the world? 
And through the series, we've jumped into some key moments and looking at how Jesus outworked his purpose, his identity, and demonstrated his power. And Jesus showed us the kingdom had come. And he demonstrated a radical love for people. And this way of Jesus is the way of life that John and May have chosen today. As they get baptized in this pool in a few moments, they are declaring that they're going to live this way for the rest of their lives. It's a big moment. And you see, this chapter of Mark is the finale of Jesus' life on earth, the story on earth, telling the good news that Jesus has overcome death, and he gives us a way back into relationship with Father God in heaven, and he invites us into a life of trust. So as we celebrate these baptisms today, I just wanted to say briefly what baptism is. Well, it is a symbol of that trust in Jesus. When we get baptized, we make three promises, and you're going to hear these from John and May shortly. The first is that we say that we believe and trust in Jesus as our Savior, and that we turn away from self-reliance and sin to follow him. And thirdly, that we promise to love and serve him for the rest of our lives. They're big promises. They're serious promises. And so it's so great that we're here to witness these and stand with John and May. And today is the start of the rest of their life, standing on those promises. But you know, these promises aren't based on nothing. They're based on the nature, the character, the history, the story, and the power of Jesus. I would want to base my life on something certain and pursue something I can trust in. And Jesus is trustworthy. He honors his side of the bargain. He doesn't let us down. He does forgive. He does love. He does invite us into relationship. And he's the same today as he was yesterday, and he will be in the future. So I want to just touch on three aspects of what does it mean to trust today. So firstly, we're going to look and see that we can trust Jesus with our past. And then we're going to see that we can trust Jesus in our present. And finally, we can trust Jesus with our future. So let's think about our pasts. In the story, there's a, man, a man's name mentioned, one of the disciples called Peter. Is anybody familiar with the story of Peter in the Bible? He is an interesting character. He's the disciple who courageously stood next to Jesus and said, I will go to the cross with you. I will never let you down. I will never forsake you. You, I've got your back, Jesus. And then when the crunch point came, Peter fled in fear. Not only that, he lied about even knowing Jesus. He denied who he was. And we often think a bit like Peter, that once we've messed up, that there's no going back. Shame, pride, and unforgiveness become a prison for us. We're stuck in the mistakes of our past. But Jesus wants to write a different story for us. You see, he is a liberator. His power over death means that we can be set free too. 
And he shows and demonstrates unconditional and undeserved love. And it's based on how good he is, not on how good we are. That is really good news. He offers us forgiveness and a fresh start every time. And as John and May make their declarations today, they say that they're turning away from those things in their past. And as they're lowered into that water, they are burying their sins, the mistakes, the choices, the thinking that has separated them from God and from others. And the good news is that those past mistakes stay buried. We're not defined by our past. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we are new creations. The old has gone and the new has come. It's a great scripture. So we can trust Jesus with our past. The cross, his death, his resurrection has made a way for us to leave behind the mistakes and the hurt and the, and the, the sin. So that's our past. And we can also trust Jesus with our present. Jesus is trustworthy. He promised to give us life and life to the full in John 10.10. 10. I think we've got a slide of, one of the, some of these scriptures. Thank you. And he says that the enemy, the thief's purpose was to kill and destroy, but his purpose is to give us a rich and satisfying life. You know, Our world is marred with broken trust. I wonder if you've ever been lied to. Has anyone ever broken a promise to you? Have you ever felt betrayed by a friend, a spouse, colleague, employee, person in authority, the government? It's not a new experience. In the story, the disciples refused to believe the reports of Jesus' resurrection from their own friends, Mary, and their other two disciples who walked with Jesus on the Emmaus Road. I think after Jesus turned up, that needed a little bit of repair. Reconciliation and repair in our relationships is part of the life that we live with Jesus. And you know, all of us have probably contributed to and experience that undermining of trust from those closest to us. The everyday misses in our friendships or in our marriages when we let each other down. You know, I'm, I'm challenged when I break trust in my family, when I prioritize other things and people above their needs. And I have to say sorry. And my trust in others I know was broken when things get broken or stolen or taken from me. I remember I had a bike stolen, in fact, outside this very building. And I got so annoyed. I was like, oh, people. It broke my trust. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for that. (laughs) And then when I moved across the country, actually to Loughborough, for a job that I had in Nottingham, and I was told, you're going to get these opportunities. But they lied to me. There wasn't the opportunity. It broke my trust. And I had to do some heart work on it. You know, we've all got barriers from our lives in our stories where there has been moments and misses and our trust has been damaged, hasn't it? In others and others in us. 
But I just want to say, each moment when trust breaks down, Jesus invites us to forgive as he forgave. And let the power of the cross work in our hearts and restore trust. And I don't know any other way. I don't know any other way to restore trust. It starts with forgiveness. And as we begin to trust in Jesus' love for us and accept his forgiveness for our messes, he allows us to then extend that further to others and keep extending forgiveness and rebuilding trust with them. But you see, in the present, it isn't always easy to trust Jesus, is it? And in John 15, sorry, we'll go back a minute. Um, it does say this, sorry. In John 14, 15, it says, Keep my commands and, my, and receive the Holy Spirit, who's promised to always be with us. You see, we're not alone in walking this journey. As difficult as it is, we have a helper. And he comes alongside us. And gives us the power, the spirit of truth it's called in John 14, 15. That is the Holy Spirit to help us navigate life when it's difficult. In Matthew 28, 20, Jesus says, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Do you know, without Jesus, I wouldn't be able to forgive. Without his presence, I would get stuck. And Jesus is able to step into every moment of our present lives. In fact, the present is the only place that we are truly living our life. We can't live in the past, and we don't yet live in the future. Now is the moment we experience God's love and forgiveness. And yet it's the hardest place to trust God. Jesus does not promise us an easy life without pain or suffering. In fact, he tells us there will be trouble in this life in John 16, 33. And we saw this in the story, didn't we? With Mary Magdalene and Jesus' mother, Mary, and the friend Salome. Just like them, we too will experience loss and no grief and have disappointments in life that leave us feeling just as they did, bewildered, trembling, and frightened. We know that right now, we've said it already, there is an invasion that is having a brutal impact on the people of the Ukraine and will eventually impact the people of Russia too with the sanctions and other things that are happening. The shockwaves are being felt across Europe. I had an email from a friend who works in the Ukraine as a missionary and he was taking, helping 90 people get across the border to Poland. He had 14 people living in his house with him. I also had an email from another friend, Victor, who I spent time with 20 years ago when I helped run a youth camp in the middle of the Ukraine with him and his church. And he is asking us to pray. He's a good man, but he's taken his family out of the country and then he's going back in to the town where he's from to stay with his church. There's some courageous things happening and hard things happening. We're going to continue to pray for the Ukraine and the whole region. And just wanted to flag with you that we have a prayer room here in St. Peter's. And we've set up a map and some prayer points on the wall. If you feel moved to come and pray, grab maybe one or two others to come with you. Come and use that prayer room. It's 24-7 access. You can get in there and pray. We'll tell you more if you don't have access codes. 
But we need to pray for Putin. We need to pray for Russian military leaders. We need to pray for European leaders as well. We need to pray for God's grace, wisdom, and love to break in. And those big battles are also twinned with our personal battles, aren't they? We're all having things that we deal with off the back of COVID particularly, where there's hurt, disappointment, and maybe even some hopelessness. And I wonder if today you've come here and you're saying, do you know what? I've had enough of these pressures in my life, God, and I'm struggling to trust you. I just want to reiterate from those scriptures, Jesus is with us. He sees your situation. He understands you better than you know yourself. And his love and his hope is available today. I just feel that God wants to speak to some people, even as I'm talking, that he wants to drop hope into hearts today to give you a fresh energy, fresh hope to see him at work. And finally, we can trust Jesus with our future. Jesus said that his kingdom is coming here on earth, not just in heaven, it's here on earth. And we get to play our part and partner with him so that justice, truth, and peace will follow. These are the hallmarks of his rule and reign. And they're expressed in our everyday lives, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, as we partner with Jesus. You know, after Jesus died and rose again, he went home to heaven. And he's told us that he'll prepare a place for us there. He promised us a life that goes beyond this physical life and continues with him in heaven. We'll read about that in John 14. And, you know, there's a passage in Romans 8 for me that sums up what our hope is. I'm going to read this out. So it's Romans 8 verse 21, if you're looking this up. It's on screen too. It says, creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan. Even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of the future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from this sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he's promised us. So wherever you're finding yourself right now today, whether you're feeling like it's hard to trust Jesus or you feel it's the best thing to trust Jesus, I want to invite you to respond to that offer that Jesus makes to us. Jesus is asking us to trust him And ask for forgiveness for the mistakes of our past. And where there's broken relationships, he's asking us to forgive one another and rebuild trust. Jesus is also inviting us to trust him with the challenge, the trouble and the pains of today. And he's reminding us to trust him with our future. The hope that heaven is real And that he's waiting for us there. So I'm going to come and and just end here. And there's a prayer that I wanted to put on the screen. And just give you a moment to maybe pray this through where you are. 
I'm loving the joy in the room today. This is good. <laughs> Infectious. So this is about trusting Jesus, and it's a joyful thing. It's a joyful thing to trust someone who loves us, isn't it? It's a joyful thing to celebrate these baptisms today and see two people declare their trust in Jesus. So we're going to baptize them in just a minute, but I'll just give you a moment to read through this prayer. And if you want to, to pray it out with me as I pray it. I'm praying this because I need to pray this today. So if you want to join in, feel free. Jesus, I choose to trust you today. I hand you all the mistakes of my past and the burdens of today and the hopes for my future. I receive your forgiveness and thank you for making me new. I forgive others for their sin against me and release them from my judgment. And I receive the power of your Holy Spirit that enables me to live for you in the present. I thank you for the hope of heaven that you've gone ahead of me and make a place for me there. Amen. If you um, have prayed that and you realize that you've never prayed that before, that you've never actually asked Jesus to forgive you or to trust in him, then uh, do come and grab me or Michael at the end. We'd love to chat with you a bit more and give you some information and the ways that you can continue following him and trusting him.